0: Welcome to the Restoration Revival Church of God in Christ podcast. Here, teaching from Pastor Dennis Martin. Let's join today's podcast. I want to talk to you. Uh, last last week, we were talking from James uh, chapter one, B, uh, swift to hear and slow to speak. And I, in in the time of reading, I went back and started reading in chapter uh, one again, and I, I just wanted to talk about some scriptures and a few verses in James chapter one tonight that I found were very interesting. You know, I was reading and looking at a, uh, a thing this week and they were talking about uh, a bestseller. They were asking the question, what is the number one selling book every year? And everyone was giving the answers. And finally someone said uh, they were trying to figure out what it was. And they couldn't get the answer. And then when the answer came, they said the number one selling uh, book every year is the Bible. The number one selling book every year is the Bible. That's what they said. The number one selling book every year is the Bible. And what I found out is that it can uh, help us. Uh, this, uh, the Bible can help us and uh, it can really. Uh, do some things for us when we study the word and read the word, and it can bless us. And so when we start thinking about uh, what what it can do and what it will do, it's a blessing to be able to have God's word and to study God's word. And so let's look in James chapter 1 tonight, and there are some verses. Uh, we, we might end up reading all of them. I don't know. But there are some verses that I think are very interesting. And, and let's start reading at verse number two. Uh, I think that when we read the Bible, it can help us to live more productive lives. There, there are things that stand out. There are scriptures that stand out. There are things that, that launch out the page at you and can help us live more uh, productive lives when we're getting ready to do things. Notice what he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patient. Now, when we think about that, you know, when we talk about the trying of our faith and things that happen with us and things that happen to us, very seldom do we look at this as a positive uh, rather than a negative. Most of the times we're going through stuff All we can see is the devil's trying to attack me. The devil's trying to kill me. Stuff's happening to me, and and the devil's after me, and the devil this, the devil that. But if you notice here, he says, I need you to understand that when you fall into divers temptation, know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And then he says, but let patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So when we think about uh, when we talk about praying for patience, you know, people say, Lord, I need you to give me some patience. Well, he says, what, what you don't know what you're praying for is you sort of praying for things, the trying of your faith, because the thing that worketh if patience or develops patience in you is the trying of your faith. And so a lot of times we ask God, God, give me some patience. He gives it to us, but he gives it to us through trying our faith. And then he says, then let patience have a perfect work. It works and it's got to be developed. It just don't come. It's got to be developed. So when we start thinking about that, we when we read these scriptures, if we read them, it can help us to understand some things better that happen in our lives. Some things we, we may say, well, I don't have the answer to that. But when you read that scriptures like this, it sort of gives us the answer and said, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Sometimes when your faith is being tried, it's working patience in you. It's developing, it's bringing something in you. And so he says that. Notice he goes on to say, verse five, and we may just read all of them, I don't know, and just pull something from all this uh, in, in James chapter one. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God, if you don't have no wisdom, if you don't have wisdom, what you need to do is ask of God. And I said the other week, people say we shouldn't uh, question God or ask God about things. And my response to that is, why not? He's the only one who can give me the answer. You can't give it to me. So he has to give it to me. So he says, if any man, if, if you don't have no wisdom, what you need to do is ask of God. Ask God that giveth to all men liberally, and a brother not, and it shall be given him. He said, God is the one that gives wisdom. And so what you need to do is you need, if you need some wisdom in any situation, in anything, you need to ask God to give you wisdom. Sometimes we need sit, uh, wisdom in situations concerning home, concerning our jobs, concerning our families, concerning our monies, concerning our health. Sometimes we don't know what to do. And we need wisdom in how to proceed, wisdom in how to go forward, wisdom in how to do stuff. So he says, if any man, if you don't have no wisdom, if you if you run in short on wisdom, then ask God. Because he liberally gives it away. He gives it to all men. He He's not selfish with producing and giving the wisdom that you need to be able to handle things. So he says, if you need wisdom, you asked of God. Then he goes on to say, But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with winds and tossed. He said, if you're gonna ask anything, ask in faith. And don't go to wavering. Don't, don't, don't go to just, you know, wavering and and, and no one knows which way you're going. God don't even know which way you're going. He said, "If you go ask, ask in faith and not wavering. Don't be like the waves on the sea, driven with the winds and tossed about. Sometimes, when you in those situations, you can't follow how the waves are going to move. The waves are unpredictable. People that that's on the ocean that 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 travel, they'll tell you that the if you if a storm comes and you're on those waves, the waves are unpredictable. We've been in, um, you know, when I travel." We used to go and, and, and uh, go to the beach or to the ocean and to the beachfront, and we would get out there, and, and either if you were on the surfboard or whatever you are, you would go out and, and, and go out into that water, and they would tell you, if you couldn't swim, even if you were on the surfboard, they would tell you don't go too far out because sometimes people would go far out there, and what would happen is the waves would take them further out than they wanted to go. And so they would tell you if you don't if you don't know that's why they have lifeguards that's why they keep lifeguards on duty just in case someone goes further out than they should so he says understand that you when you ask don't be wavering and don't be like the wave on the sea driven with the winds and talks. for he says in verse 7 for let not that man think he shall receive anything of the lord he said don't 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 think you're going to get anything from God if you are wavering. And watch what the next verse, it sort of solidifies what he says and puts a foundation. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, when I read that verse, it always makes me, uh, when I read verse number eight, it always gives me pause. It always gives me something because he said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If he would have said a double-minded man is unstable in some of his ways, you know, I, I would have been all right. But he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And and, and when you've got people that are unstable, uh, 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 double-minded, unstable, uh, don't you you can never depend on them. No answer is solid. No action is solid. I, I made a post that says your actions should match up to your words. And if your words don't match up to your actions, they're no good. You 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 got to have people that are solid in what they do. A double minded man is unstable in all their ways. Think about what he said. That's powerful. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. They're not dependable. They're not trustworthy. They're unstable in all their ways, their business practices. Whatever they do, you, you you don't know if it's going to be solid. If they start something, you know they're not going to finish it. If they got something going, you know it's not going to be complete because they're unstable in not some of their ways, but in all their ways. And, and you got to watch that. I, I listen at people's how they talk and one day they say one thing and two days later they say something totally different and they be like well you know i have the right to change my mind that's true everyone has the right to change their mind but when you when a when a pattern is developed and you keep changing your mind and we don't know what what it is that you really mean by what you're saying then we start to understand that it could be where you are Double-minded. I, I was looking at something. They said never go into business with an unstable person. So what it said. Never go into business with an unstable person. Matter of fact, let me. I'm gonna get that because I want. I want to tell you exactly what it said because I, I jotted it down because it was so uh, profound and so interesting when they said it. I said let me let me write that down because I'm, I'm need to keep that because that that just seems to be. Something that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, this is what they said. Don't, yes, don't go into business with unstable business partners. That's what they said. Don't go into business with unstable business partners. And so when you think about that, even with people that we deal with, if people are unstable, you never know what you're going to get from them. You don't want people guarding your back that's unstable. You don't want people over your stuff that's unstable. You don't want people doing anything that's double-minded because the Bible says they're unstable in all their ways. Not some of them. Every last one of them. They're unstable in all their ways. And I need you all to get that. I need you to think about that because it's, it's very important. That we begin to, to work on being solid. What do you mean solid? Not not wishy-washy. Solid. Solid in your answers. Solid in your decisions. Solid in the things you do. Don't 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 ever have people uh sort of guessing because they don't know which 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 one of you are showing up today. All right. They don't, they don't know which one of you are gonna show up today. They don't know if if it's gonna be the The solid you are the wishy-washy you. The solid you are are the the off you. Be solid. Learn not to be double-minded. Learn to be solid and not unstable. Because if you're unstable, not too much we can get from you. Because I didn't say it. I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings. But the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. So you got to learn to be solid. And 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 to do uh better. Amen. All right. Uh <laughs> we we gotta learn to do better. All right. Now I am gonna I'm gonna skip uh one or two verses here and uh because I don't want to be alone because I can go through this whole thing. But let's let's go down, let's look at another verse and let's go to verse 13. All right. Here we go. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. He said, let no man say when I am tempted, I am tempted of God. Don't, don't put that on me. Don't, don't say that, that I tempted you, I did that. He said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust." And intrigued or enticed, he says, "You got to understand that I, I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. It, it's, 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 I didn't tempt you. That's not God's doing." He says, "You got to understand, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust, and so we start thinking about temptation and tempting when you read in in Matthew chapter four, I believe it is, uh, when the enemy came, when the devil came to tempt." God, the Bible said that he was led up of the spirit to be tempted of the devil. God didn't tempt him to be tempted of the devil. And the devil tempted him, but God did not do that. And so you got to understand when when we we are tempted, when we're drawn away of our own lust. Now, let's just deal with that fact that all of us, you you got, you're human in the human body. So you've got some lust in you. Now, most time when we hear that word lust, first thing we think about is 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 sexual stuff. But you got to understand that you can have lust for a whole bunch of stuff that have nothing to do physically with touching anybody or being attracted to anybody. You can have lust for things. You can have lust for money. You can have lust for a lot of stuff. There are people in jail because they they. Defrauded folk and stole money. They had a lust for it. So your lust can be for a lot of stuff. So when we when we think about it, you you can look. He said, then when lust has conceived, it bringing forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringing it forth death. And so again, uh, we've got to define and and we've got to broaden our mind of what we think it, it something can be because a lot of times I said we we think. Time we hear certain phrases, our mind go to one place only. We believe right there, oh, my God, that's right. Uh, and, but you got to understand, how many times have we lusted for other things? For for material things, for uh, uh, positions, titles, uh, whatever it was. And how do you know? How do you know it was it was something that you lusted for? Because it was something that it just overtook you, and you could not let it go. You couldn't sleep without thinking about it. You couldn't talk without bringing it up. It was just a subject on your mind. And so those things, those things. So he says you got to understand that uh, you're drawn away of your own lust. Uh, it 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 overwhelms you. It overtakes you. And so we have to be careful that we just don't get in this frame of mind that we're just talking about uh, 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 the intimate part of intimacy and part of that. It's a whole bunch of other stuff that people that is not involved in any of that, but they've been carried away in in their own lust. And when it when it does it, they find out that it it's it's something that that happens. Uh, he said, "Do not err, my beloved brethren." Notice in verse seventeen. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it cometh down from the Father of light with whom is no uh, variableness, you know what I'm saying, neither shadow of turning. I can't get that out of my mouth tonight, but it's okay. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you you see here that he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Uh, we, We got to understand that, God is the giver of gifts, and every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father of light. He gives these gifts. He's the one that gives gifts. That's why you, you should never get upset with people that seem like they may have uh, uh, somewhat a better gift than you. Uh, no, no gift is better if God gives gifts to who he wants to. He divides them out. He, he gives them to whoever he pleases. And you need to understand that. Uh, some people, God has given them the talent, the gifts to sing. Some have given, he's given them the gift for other things. And, and you can't be upset and say, well, I, I wish God would have gave me that. He gave you everything you needed to do what you need to do. And I need you to get that. Everything we need, God gave it to us. If you can't sing, he gave you something else that he didn't give somebody else. Some, of you, some people can sing but that they can sing but they can't do too much about anything else some people you can't sing but you got uh administrative skills and talents and and you can do other things so he says every good gift and every perfect gift so we that are those that are gifted you don't have to be fighting each other you don't have to fight one another and and be jealous of each other because somebody else has a gift that you think is better than yours. What the problem is, is they don't have a better gift. What, what, what happens is we got people, uh, that they, they push gifts more than others, or they recognize gifts more than others. And it makes you feel sort of bad because you don't have that gift, but everybody has, has an important part and God has given a gift. That's why when you read concerning Mary Martha, uh, it was, uh, of Martha that was upset that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Jesus had to tell her, Martha, you're troubled. You're commonly in trouble about many things, but Mary has chosen the good part that won't be taken away from her. I know you want her to be in here waiting on tables and stuff, but she's chosen the good part. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes people, we got to understand every good and perfect gift comes from God. Uh, even if, if you went to school and, and sharpened your skills and learned it, it's a gift that came from God. Everyone don't have those gifts. Everyone does not have the same gift. And we we got to stop letting people uh, uh, do what they did years ago when we was in school when people get in the fight. People get in the fights. They didn't want to fight each other, but it was those that were pushing the fight. They wanted to see a fight. They kept pushing it like, Uh Uh-huh. You heard what she said to you? And they you know how we used to do it. This is this is way old. Draw a line in the sand. And said the first one, if you you bad, cross the line. And and you stand up there, you don't want to go through the cross no line. Or they put a little stick on your shoulder. You know how they used to do it. And said if you bad, knock the stick off. And 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 you remember how you used to do? You didn't knock the stick off. They took your hand and knocked the stick off. And guess what happened? You two fighting and everyone else just there enjoying the fight. And neither one of you crossed the line or knocked the stick off. But y'all just battling out. And people just edge you on and help you get into a fight. And you got to watch that. We got to stop letting people put us into fights with people. That's unnecessary because whatever their gift is, God gave it to them. And so let them operate in their gift. Whatever your gift is, operating your gift. There's some of you 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 can't. If we give you a mic, we we have to stop the whole service. If we gave you a mic, we'd be like, all right, all right, all right, all right, because you you when that first note come out, we know already. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. But then we put you behind a typewriter. I put you behind a computer. I put you somewhere running something. And guess what? Can't nobody beat you at what you do. That's a gift. And you need to learn to appreciate the gift that God has given you. And to learn to appreciate the gift God's given somebody else. If he's given them the gift, enjoy Work, Put the gifts together and work them and get the job done. And stop uh, going through. Somebody asked me the other day. Uh, we were in a service a couple months ago, last year I believe it was, and a preacher was sitting next to me and he said to me, he said, how do you deal with, um, he said, I know you you preach, but how do you deal with your wife being a, a pace sister and 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 can sing like she sing? How, how do you deal with that? Man, he said, I would be so, I, I don't know how I would be able to deal with that. And so this is what I said to him. I said, you know what? I said, here's the thing. I said, we're not in competition. We work together. And so by us working together, it we get more done working together. I said, I can hold a note or two, but if if I want a song, song, I give her the mic, my daughter the mic, and others that are there help singing. I, I let them sing. I don't have to, I'm not intimidated and I don't have to get up there and try to prove I can compete with her gift, because I can't. <laughs> That's the craziest stuff I, well I can't compete with her gift and I already know that can't compete with her gift at all can't 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 sing uh and I can sing a little bit they uh, you can say uh, a little bit but you ain't gonna get no full concert out of me that's for sure you know and and I got to make sure I hit that note that first note right so I can make sure I got it right but my my point is. There's no need of us fighting. And, and you know, a lot of times people do that in the ministry. They're so busy competing against one another, trying to see who can do it the best, and don't understand God gave all of us the gifts he gave us. And they're, they're gifts from above. They're gifts from him. They're good and perfect gifts. And we need to just flow in the gift we got. And don't worry about the rest of it. You, you can't, you can't. If you can't do what somebody else does, do what you can do and do what he's given you the talent to do. And I hope that's helping somebody. Cause I think we, we get a lot of people that go get discouraged and, and we step out of our element and we step out of our lane, trying to do something that we can't do. It's like, I was in revival one time and they, we didn't have a new musician there. And the pastor, uh, I don't know what, what it, what it was. I was preaching, and he decided we didn't have no musician, so he jumped over on the on the organ. And let me tell y'all, I I you know, I was in a flow without him. When he got on that organ, it just sort of threw everything off of me. Think about that. You you, you know, it's like at at our church, a uh, plays the the organ keyboards. Uh, if you if I get over there and play, you're gonna be in trouble. Ain't gonna be no dancing. Ain't gonna be like, you know, put put it on no. And you know, I do play drums. I can I can play drums a little bit and keep beat. But now, uh, when William is over there on them drums playing and William's over there spanking them skins, man, he he hit there's certain things and he be doing it. Man, it makes you feel like dancing. Now I can I can keep you dancing to keep you the beat, but all that other stuff he be doing, I can't do all that. And they don't need to be getting mad. And 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 making him feel bad because I can't do it. Thank God for his gift. Thank God for Dale's gift. Thank God for Co Pastor's gift. Thank God for Lena's gift. Thank God for uh, Sister Karen's gift and others. Thank God for their gift. They're those that do stuff in ministry uh, that that can do stuff. We got uh, the dancers. They they dance. I can't I can't do all that. You, you got uh, different ones, Brother Jared that works. Uh, he works the camera, and then Sister Michelle helps him. But Brother Jerry is skilled at at all of that stuff, putting things together. I, I can do it a little bit, but that's what he does. So no need of me getting mad and and throwing off at him. And you know, these some of y'all get beside yourself, and you just think you all that. No, we don't think we all that. But I am confident that I can do what I'm doing, and I do it well. Nothing wrong with that. And so we have have to start uh, appreciating the gift that God gave us. Whatever he didn't give us, he didn't give us. Evidently, he gave me just enough to get by in singing. But evidently, that was not one of the gifts he wanted to give me. So no need in me trying to push it and get one to work. (laughs) All right, I'm going to leave y'all alone. But I hope y'all really getting that because that makes a lot of sense. Enjoy the gift you got and and stop worrying about others. All right. All right. So he said these gifts come from God and and they're the ones that he he gives to us. So let's look again. Uh, Let me go. Let's look at verse uh, 22. And. And. yeah, verse twenty-two, and I'm I'm almost done, y'all. I'm, I knew it sounded like I'm gonna be long, but I'm not. Uh, last week, let me see when I what is that we were talking about. Um, so let's let's look at this now. Let's look at verse nineteen. This is what we talked about last week, and then I go to verse twenty-two. He says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak." And slow to wrath. That's what we were last week. That's what we talked about last week. That's what we were dealing with last week. So we still look at that because that's important, again, uh, of watching our mouth and what we say. But now notice verse 22. Uh, This is something in James chapter 1. He said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He says now, I need you to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. In other words, what he's saying is I need your, I need what you do to match up with what you're hearing. I need you to be your actions to match up with what you've heard. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own self. He says, I need you to be able to do what you hear. Be doers of the word. Be let the word let people be able to see that you're doers of the word and not just in living holy but in every function of your life because the other scriptures tell that uh, instructs us how to treat people, how to do people, how our conduct should be, how we should act toward people, and those things. Sometimes people concentrate on you, you got to live holy, y'all ain't living holy, y'all ain't living right, and y'all ain't doing this and holiness well you know when you think about that you you just tipping uh, uh, at the tip of the iceberg you you're not even dealing with the whole thing because of foremost of course he wants us to live holiness follow peace with all men holiness without no man to see the lord but the other things he wants us to do in how we have relationships how we treat our fellow man, how we do those things. So when we start doing it, we've got to be not only, listen at this, not only must we be hearers of the word, but we've got to be doers of the word also. Okay? So understand that. You've got to be doers of the word and not just hearers only because you deceive your own self. Notice what he says. He says, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, if he's not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He says you've got to understand you've got to be more than just a, a, a hearer. You've got to be a doer of the word. It's important that you do, do, do the word. He says it's important that you do it. The word, not just hearing it, and a lot of us, you know, we 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 are hearers, and we've got all the instruction for other folk, but we don't have no instruction for ourselves. I I just believe I believe, and and this is just my belief. I'm sorry, I believe this. I believe that you are no more uh, better than the words you keep. If, if with all your um, with all your uh, uh, speaking in tongues and your prophesying and your gift if you can't keep your word they used to say your word is your bond you're no more powerful than your word if you can't keep it And so he says not only just be a hearer but be a doer of this and if you study the word, sometimes, you know, you be getting ready to cut up and treat people certain kind of ways and the word will tell you, don't do it that way. Or the scripture tell you do this. Or the scripture tell you, you know, uh, love your enemies. Love those that despitefully use you and hate you and, and all that kind of stuff. And you be like, uh-uh. Lord, I don't, I don't want to do that. But we got to be doers and not just hearers. So a lot of stuff that the word brings us into um, subjection. It brings us under where we can do stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff I would love to do. And I ain't talking about simple stuff. Just, you know, if I could just, if I could just, you know, grab a couple of people or whatever and stuff like that. But the word tells me what I got to do and how to handle stuff and how to do stuff. And, and, and the word tells me that, you know, uh, if, if I would treat them a certain way, I keep coals of fire, uh, you know, and so I, I got to do certain things. I got to treat people certain ways. Uh, sometimes you got to treat people right when they don't do you right. You, you got to, you got to be there. And whether it's family members or whether whoever it is, you got to do certain things and you're bound by being a door of the word and not a hearer only because if we heard it only, Man, we wouldn't be doing half of this stuff, but we got to be a doer of the word and sometimes the word you know it, it brings you in it really it really does because sometimes the word tells you you know what you got to do word tells you to be a, a peacekeeper a peacemaker and word tells you you know uh, if if you at the altar and remember that your brethren have all against you the word tells you. And me, leave your gift at the altar. Leave your shana na 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 at the altar. Leave your tongues, leave your prophesying, leave all that at the altar, and go get it right with your brother. But that's when we doers of the word, and not hearers only. But when we hearers of the word, then what what we say to ourselves. Is that is for everyone else, but they they should have knew that they shouldn't have messed with me. They they don't know who they playing with. I don't play. They they should have knew not to cross me. Well, that's cause we are hearers, but when you doers, you got to push past your feelings and push past how you feel, and push past how you thinking, and you got to become a doer of the word. And do things the way the word says to do them. All right, I said a a lot then. I wonder, can I get any amens in this comment section? Because that is the truth all the way from here to Texas. And all of us know that we've had to turn around and, you know, sometimes that's why you got to just be quiet when you're upset and when you feel certain ways, you got to be quiet because you be and, child, I ain't going to never do nothing for him no more. And I ain't going to do this. And I ain't going to do that. And and when you adore the word and you get to reading the scripture and the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit, begins to convict you, you turn around and do for the people that you say you ain't going to never do nothing for. <sighs> I ain't going to Never. And when the Lord get through with you, you, you end up doing more than you did before and trying to figure out how in the world did I end up doing that. Because when you're a doer of the word and not just a hearer, you try to do what the word instructs us to do. All right? All right, here's, here's the last uh, the last one. Let me see. Let me see if I want to. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh okay, verse 25 says, He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer. Listen at this, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, of works of his of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Said he's gonna be blessed in his deeds. Now, here's the last verse, and I'm gonna get out of here tonight. All right. I want you to hold your seat because this, this is every time I read some of this, some of these scriptures, every time I read them, I'd be like, Oh Lord, help me today. Sometimes I'd be like, Oh my God, God, you got to help me because I'm, I'm trying to do and live it according to the Bible way. Sometimes we don't, we come up short, but we, most of us trying to do it the way the scripture says, do it. And we're not just talking about what the preacher told us, but even in our devotion in private time, we read the word and we're trying to do stuff. But now this next verse, every time I read it, I'll be like, mm, mm, mm. listen to what it says. Verse 26, and it's going to be it. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man, religion, is vain. Every time I read that, every time I read it, I, I take pause because if you hear what he's saying, if any man among you seem to be religious, you know, and I know we have a lot of we got a problem with that word religion or religious. But that's what scripture said. If he seemed to be religious, seemed to have all the stuff going that seemed to be religious, the gifts, the talents, the the, the prophecy, the preaching or whatever, got all the stuff, just seemed to be just, just, you know, he seemed to be religious, but he don't know how to bridle his tongue. If they don't know how to hush, if they don't know how to shut up, if they don't know how when to be quiet, He deceived. it. He said, but he deceived his own heart. This man's religion is vain. I didn't write that. That's in the book. Says if he seemed to be religious and don't know how to shut up, don't know how to bridle his tongue, just popping off at the mouth 24 seven, just pop, 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 pop. You know, and I heard a preacher said this years ago, and I really believe this. And, and and I believe this all my heart. He said, he said, make this statement. He didn't say the Bible said it. He said, this is what he said. He said this words. He said, if he said, God doesn't talk to people that talk a lot. Just drop that right there and think about what I just said. He said, God don't talk to people that talk a lot. Y'all doing what I did. I got quiet when I heard this statement. This is years ago. God don't talk to people that talk a lot. not saying he don't ever say nothing to them, but as much as people say, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me, say, God don't talk to people that talk a lot because if he talked to you and you talk a lot, you are not going to hold what he tells you. You're going to feel you got to tell everybody. And I believe that. There's some things God tells you He may tell you about me. He may tell you about somebody else. He don't tell it for you to go out and be out to dinner. Yeah, child, you know, I was, the Lord was speaking to me the other day. And the Lord said, the Lord talked to me. And the Lord said, this about that one. And this is. Well, why did he tell you so you can tell the world? If you haven't even talked to the individual about what the Lord said or. Did he talk to you about it and tell you about it so you can pray about it? All right. I knew it would be quiet when I when I got through with that. Why why did he tell you? Why did why did he tell you? So you can blast it all over the nation that the Lord spoke to you and told you? Why? So you can look and seem to be religious? No. Some things God tell you, He tell you, so you can pray for the individual, or either go and talk to the individual, and and say something to them. And when you say something to them, they say, "Yeah, you're right." And and then you can pray for them. That's why sometimes God gives you stuff. He don't give you stuff for you to be all over the the country and the world telling everybody's business. All right, I'm on. I think I better, I better quit. <laughs> but I hope y'all getting this tonight. I just don't believe God talking folk to talk all the time. Just just run your mouth. What I found out for most people that are really, uh, that, that are uh, genuine uh, prophets or prophetess and people that the Lord really talks to like that, they don't talk a lot. There's very, there's little conversation unless they know you. There's little conversation. That They say a lot. They don't. They don't. They don't engaged in a whole lot of da 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 da. But people that don't know how to broaden your tongue, and and I don't have time to get into that. Uh, you know, in, in in this tonight we could, but uh, I'll, maybe I'll do that on the next time around when I'll, I'll do a, a thing about the tongue. And uh, if you want to read something about the whole tongue, go to James chapter three in your spare time and read it, and you'll find a whole bunch he says about the tongue. And when he talks about it, he uh, matter of fact, there is one little part I'm going to read and I'm going to get out of here. Uh, he says in James chapter three, uh, he talks about uh, this, and, and it's very important. He says, uh, verse five, even so the tongue is a little member, boast of great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. He says, verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it sets on fire of hell. Then he goes to talk about every uh, beast uh, have been tamed, the, the birds, the serpents, and all the things in the sea have been tamed, and have been tamed of mankind, but verse 8, is the verse that gets you. He said, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. That's what he says in verse eight. The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. I didn't write it. All right so you you got to watch it uh you know your tongue uh you know you ain't kill nobody with no gun or no knife but you killed them with your tongue you didn't shoot them but you killed their influence you killed their character you kill people that had confidence in them you you killed them by by the negative stuff you you dropped in their spirit and on them you you you're a murderer you're a killer. You are. You a killer. Sometimes you you know, uh, I've had people ask me stuff about people and I just I just said, mm, okay. I said, Well just, you know, pray. And then they'll come back later and they'll be like, Pastor Martin, yeah. You know what I asked you about? I said, Yeah. You didn't say nothing. I said, No. They said, Well I well I can't believe I I, I you know, I can't believe I, I saw it for myself. I saw what they did. I saw how they did. I said okay. I said well, I wasn't gonna tell you, cause it's not my job to kill folk. You know, you you'll get to see it for yourself. And sometimes you get you gotta. You don't want to be a murderer. You want to be guilty of just killing folk off, cause you you know. this, that you know. You just sometimes you gotta just back out and and let it ride. It'll get to them. All right. So again. He said, If any man among you seem to be religious, don't bite his tongue, you see his own heart. That man's religion is vain. In other words, you got to know when to hush. You got to know when to shut up. You got to know when to be quiet. You got to know when not to talk so much. The older I get, you know, unless I really know you that good, you know, I come around, I may not say a whole lot. It's not I'm trying to be funny or stuck up. I just, I don't have a lot to say. Because I don't want to engage in conversations that are not uh, building me up and lifting me. So some stuff I don't engage. I may talk to my family about certain things, but there's some things I, I don't bring up to people. I don't talk, I you know, because that's, that's not, uh, because I, you know, always understood. And my grandmother always said, amen. Uh, she always told us, don't get into uh, all this gossip and stuff and what people say. And, and, and she gave us this this wisdom. And what was the wisdom? This was the wisdom, she said, because a, a dog that brings a bone will carry a bone. She always said that. A dog that brings a bone will carry a bone. And that I believe. Anybody that brings one will carry one. <laughs> and you better know that all day long. Do you hear me? All right. So, Let's I didn't mean to get into all that, but I'm sure that'll help somebody. Just to understand if you if you're gifted and God's giving you He speaks to you, stop going all over telling everybody's business. Pray for them. Pray. And don't do that. That's why, you know, there's some, some things, and I shared this with y'all before, there's some things an open rebuke is better than secret love. That's good. But then there are times. When God gives you, even as the the, the prophet of the is not to not to just blare it and just throw it out all over the church. Sometimes he gives you to, to speak into that person's ear and tell them what the Lord is saying. And it gives them an opportunity to do what they have to do. Sometimes open rebuke, you know, people being rebellious and they don't want... That's different. But when when you, you don't, the Lord never tries to destroy people's lives because we're immature in how we handle what he gives us to share. And I hope you heard what I just said. We always got to uh, find a more excellent way to do it. All right. Well, I'm through tonight. I pray and trust you. all got some out of this Bible study tonight. I didn't take a, a Basically, a subject, but reading in James. James is a very interesting book. Chapter one is is interesting. Chapter two, but chapter three, we're gonna we're gonna study on that. Uh, I'm one of these Bible studies. I'm gonna do the whole James chapter three because I think we we need to get that. Uh, and and there are seven things about the tongue in James chapter three that I'll be sharing with you. Um, and and I, I believe it'll bless you because I think it's so important. Um, that we do things so the world, we we can be better in the world. And we can be better in church. Nothing destroys church and lives, families, and other things like gossip. Gossip is dangerous. Okay, what y'all say? Gossip is dangerous. Especially if you don't know what you're talking about and you have nothing there to um do that. All right. So uh our Bible study is every Tuesday at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're right here, unless something changes, we're right here on our Bible study. And um if you would like to get a notification of, of our times that we're here, you can go to uh go to my website DLmartin.org and on there you'll see a thing that um, you can click and leave a, a name and, and your number. I'll put you on, and every time we're in Bible study, I will um, e- uh, send you a text and let you know that we're in Bible study and uh, what time we're coming on, and you'll be a part of that. All right? All right. The Lord bless you. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this time. We thank you for the people of God. Thank you for those that have been with us tonight in this study and those that will watch later. I pray that you would bless. I pray that you would move. I pray that you would, God, help all of us, God, to not only be hearers, but doers of the word and to do those things that you've instructed us to do through your word. God, we want to be better. We just don't want to be here. We want to be better, <clears throat> and your word makes us better, and so we pray that you would help us and cause us to do those things that are good, and we'll give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name. Ending today's podcast. If you want to reach Pastor Dennis Martin, you can email him at pastordmartin at gmail.com. If you would like to support the podcast, use the cash app, the dollar sign RR, C-O-G-I-C. For more information about the ministry, visit our website at RR, C-O-G-I-C.com.